Let me give us a little bit of refreshment. Is this the time? <laughs> the time. Okay. Maybe there. I, I like to hear a can open. No. Maybe we can start the podcast once mm. everybody takes their drinks and we can clap again. What? Why would we? It's great to hear a little refreshment sound. No, nobody wants to hear people drinking. Yes. I, I Jackie, don't want to hear people, people drinking. People pay so much money to hear those little ASMR noises. We are missing out on a huge chunk of audience. I'm editing them out. I'm editing them out. <laughs> Jacob, help. Are you also too good to sell feet pics? Would you sell feet pics, Jackie? Um, or are you above Nobody it all? wants my feet pics because I have Germanic toes. They're all the same length. No, some people like that. Yeah, some people like it. Some people like a weird foot. Oh, okay. Hey, if you like a weird foot, let me know because I got a weird foot for you. She will s- I got two, in fact. She'll sell you a pic. I'll sell I would you a sell pic. a foot pic. Yeah, why not? Who cares? I'll sell whatever. <laughs> oh, do you want to hear something? Speaking of ASMR... I have a quick weird thing to tell you about it, okay. which is that... Hey, wait, wait, wait. Last time we didn't introduce the podcast. Oh, should we say who we Can are? Can we do oh, that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Fire the Canon. This is the podcast where we read the books in the Western canon and decide which ones belong or not, and sometimes we also sell feet pics. I'm your first host, Rachel. I mean, <laughs> I'm your first host, Jackie. Come on. <laughs> How could you do that to me? <laughs> the one who sells the feet pics is Jackie. I'm your other host, Rachel. I have no feet at all. Whoa. That is, that's super weird. And you know there's a really good market for that. And I'm Becca. What's your foot situation? <laughs> Honestly, if someone w- wants to buy a foot pic and they're willing to pay. She has dental school loans yeah. to pay off. Yeah, I would yeah. Sell, I'm, not, I'm not too good to sell my feet pics. <laughs> I think any of the really weird stuff where you're like, this is really a fetish. I can't believe it. Like the ones where they're like, oh, I can I have a video of you sitting on a cake or something? Hell yeah. Or like blowing bubbles or whatever. Like something where you're like, I cannot believe this is a fetish. Wouldn't be so bad. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be <laughs> terrible. What if people want you attached to the feet pics though? Because then I don't think I could do it. What do you mean? Like a pic of your whole body. I mean, if it's a, just a picture of me, like if I'm walking on the beach and my feet are barefoot. And I'm walking on the beach, like, yeah. Like a totally normal pick. <laughs> Some people want you to be, like, crushing bugs and things like that. I don't think I could do oh, that. Oh, no. I would not crush an animal. No, especially not with bear. Anyway, um, <laughs> the point of this podcast <laughs> is to advertise our wiki feet. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> well, I did. Okay, so, Rachel, you said you had a funny story about feet you wanted to tell? No, I said ASMR. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> For people who don't know what ASMR is, I think we should explain. Um, it's like, I don't actually remember what it stands for, but ASMR I'll is... I'll Google what it stands for It's like auditory stimulation something. It's people who do it tend autonomous to... Autonomous sensory meridian response. Autonomous yeah. sensory. Autonomous <laughs> sensory autonomous. meridian response. I, I was sounding out each <laughs> syllable as it loaded onto the screen. Well, I don't know how I introduced myself as Rachel, so I guess we can forgive Rachel that one little mistake. Um, people who do it usually swear that it's not a sex thing. Um, and for some people, it's not. But it's like just listening to people like whispering or like chewing. Um, nom, 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 oh. Or maybe... Like, like soft little, little sounds. Things. Yeah. And people it, love They that say shit. that it it creates a pleasurable, like, buzzing sensation at the back of their head, I think is what I've heard people say. Because I don't get that reaction. Um, but, like, the sound of, like, brushing a comb over your palm or something like that. Like, those kinds of little noises are, like, doing, like, unsticking Velcro or something. I don't know. But sometimes it's eating. 
Yeah, but like for other people, the sound of eating triggers misophonia. Maybe. Crunching, not necessarily eating. Yeah, like Darius hates the noise of eating. Yeah, but okay, this is my little ASMR story, which is one day my fiance, Steven, was going on a really long walk and he has his laptop set up in the middle of the room in like the dining room and that's where he does his work. He had been gone for like 20 minutes and I was in the kitchen doing something and then all of a sudden I hear this voice, this whispering voice come out of his computer and it's whispering and then there's like the the person doing the ASMR, I guess, starts like... um, like eating really grossly and like talking, like putting more spit in her mouth to make her like, like movements just like so sticky and wet. And it was was listening to this. Well, that's what I was like. So I tried to stop it, but his computer was locked and I could not make the sound stop coming out of his computer. And it was so loud and I couldn't turn the volume down. And I texted him and I was like, what is this? This is the grossest thing I've ever heard. And then he like doesn't respond for a long time and then he's like haha and he gets back and I'm like is this what you like you like this like really squishy gross ASMR and he's he said that he had put on some kind of like video game stream playlist or something in the background while he was working okay and I'm gonna write this down for the next time I <laughs> get caught with excuse. some kind of weird shit on my computer and, <laughs> and apparently this woman's stream I guess was like on the playlist because she started her stream at the time that I heard it come out of the computer like that's the date the time she starts her stream or something <laughs> And so, so anyway, apparently uh, he says that it was on autoplay. (laughs) I don't believe him. No, Uh, here's uh the thing. If he's into ASMR, he can come clean with me, but he cannot listen to that like gross, sticky ASMR. (laughs) It needs to be like brushing hair or like petting a dog. I don't know what ASMR sounds are good. (laughs) Crunching a chip. It's usually eating. I think it's eating. Not usually eating. I don't think it's usually eating. I think it's usually That's whispering. That's the one I know about. Oh, I'm I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the mukbang video. Mukbang yeah, is about not mukbang. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying mukbang over and over again. Uh, that's, I thought they were the same thing. No, okay, so okay, now we have to explain mukbang. Mukbang is when people make videos of them eating like gargantuan amounts of food. But yeah. also that's not how you pronounce it. That's how Americans do it, but it's not. It's mukbang. But My bad. It, yeah, because it's Korean. But yeah, the point is supposed to be if you're lonely and you're eating dinner and you're like all alone, you can put on this video of someone else eating dinner and then you're like, oh, it's like I have company. Oh, that's but, really like, sad. Why is, it, why is it such an insane amount of food that they're eating? Because it's, it didn't start that way. It started as a normal amount of food. But obviously, like with everything in today's day and age, uh, the more extreme people got much. more attention. Yeah. So now like the famous ones are the ones who like eat an insane amount but it used to just be like you would set up a camera and you would like cook dinner and eat your dinner and then people who were eating their own dinner would kind of follow along with you oh well that sounds nice and then and then we ruined it started out so much more wholesome yeah well no we didn't i mean koreans they also did the whole like because also part (laughs) of the weird pleasure of the mukbang is a lot of times it's like tiny skinny little women so a lot of the delight people get is like wow i can't believe she eats that much and it's like well (laughs) she probably eats nothing for the rest of the week and maybe there's some purging so anyway yeah yeah it's not healthy (laughs) yeah 
Um, well, okay. So I wanted to say that um, it's funny uh, that we're covering weird fetishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we started off um, very delayed with this recording because Becca got a new mic, as you can probably tell from the drastic improvement. Congrats, Dan. I hope you can tell. Congratulations, Dad. Don't worry. Becca finally has a new mic. My dad called me after the first uh, Pinocchio episode we released and was like, why did she do that? I was like, that? oh, so what do you think of the new guest? You know, and he was like, yeah, she's, what did he say? He was like, she's, can be as amusing as Theo or something like uh-huh. that. Whoa. Which yeah. was like a compliment. But he was like, but why does she have that audio quality? You guys really have to improve that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, dad, that's true. I love you so much. But um, also our audio was that bad at one point. And yeah. so are a lot of and our guests. Most of our guests' yeah. audio is like at least as bad as Becca's. <laughs> Yeah, at least. Um, but what was funny about it is that so she did get a new mic. Because she's staying on. I've committed. She's a she's like a part-time host. Officially, she's a part-time host. Yeah. She's not going to do every episode with us, but basically the ones where we cover books, Becca will be here to be like, what? Really? That happened? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Rachel purchased her a mic, so she's committed now. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is that she didn't realize it needed an adapter, so she oh went to the store and she got one but then she got home and she realized she had got a male to male adapter right Uh oh that's not what she needed she needed male to female so now she has to go back to the store and now it's like wow that is so 12th night am i right it is though we thought we had male to male maybe not yeah there's a lot of like male female confusion it was a comedy of errors (laughs) yeah Shakespeare would love it. She did it in honor of William. Yeah, I just, I got my hopes up that Walgreens had it, and it's so much closer than Staples, so I was like, I'm gonna go to Walgreens. I did, I googled it, and I saw what I first got, Yeah, but it was male to male. Which is weird, like, why is that the one that they had? Hey, there's nothing weird about that. Yeah, what are people (laughs) using that for? What are people using that for? Probably charging your phone from a block. Well, that's what's wrong with girls these days. They don't know nothing but McDonald's work, charge their phone, go to Walgreens, go home, go back to Walgreens, go to Staples, look on start a podcast about classic literature. Yeah. Seriously. And we're very um we're very online this mm-hmm. episode. But yeah, we're talking about Twelfth Night by William Shakespeare because it's coming up on Valentine's Day, y'all. Um I think this ep- yeah, this episode will be out by Valentine's Day. Lies. All lies. Even though this is a Christmas play. It, t- it technically is, yeah. But yeah. we wanted to do a romance, and this is a romantic comedy, so why not? It's definitely romantic. Yeah. We thought it's gonna, if it's Shakespeare, it's gonna be a comedy or a tragedy, and let's do a comedy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so nobody dies, maybe. Yeah. We we also chose this one because of all the Shakespeare plays, this is one that Rebecca is actually quite familiar with. Do you want to say how and why, Rebecca? Is it a spoiler if I say how and why? No, I I mean, I guess, but you go ahead. Let's spoil it. Okay. So my first, I guess my first experience with this play is, oh gosh, what's it called? It's the Amanda Bynes movie. 
She's the man. Duh. Oh, she's the man. Ugh, yeah, she's the man. A great, I would say, rom-com classic of our time, even. The three of our time. Despite the fact that I've never yeah. seen it, but that doesn't mean anything because I've never seen anything. Yeah, Jackie doesn't like movies, which is... Yeah, that's crazy, Jackie. You need to step up your game. <laughs> but anyway, she's the man. I loved it. I was on board. It's so funny, which I think is appropriate since it's based off of a Shakespeare comedy. Mm-hmm. So they nailed the funny part. They nailed all of it, honestly, I feel like. And so anyway, I didn't even know it was based off that. But then in high school, I went to governor's school and that was the play that the drama governor's students. I didn't know you went to governor's school too. Of course. I did. It's a governor's school only podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> was Darius uh, there as well? Because- he, didn't, he didn't grow up in North Carolina. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I didn't meet Darius till after college. Yeah. Oh, well, that's unfortunate because the eugenics didn't work on you then. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to end up with someone? That's the You're supposed theory. to end up with someone from governor's school. Oh, crap. It's not the theory. That's history. <laughs> like, they created it that history. way. I don't yeah. think so. I. It's true. Positive eugenics was getting people together and social programs like that of the time. That's exactly what it started as. We'll see. Wait, that's what they were? They were trying to do that? Yeah. On purpose? Oh, wow. I had no idea. It's like doing birthright or something. Yeah. So look, Rachel and Steven played right into that. So did you and Joshua. Me and Joshua, too. Did you forget about that? Yeah. Except you're not going to have kids. Exactly. But I rose above. You rose above. (laughs) I rose above it all. So take that, Hitler. (laughs) Take that, Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All of us. So now that Theo's gone, we have three women hosting the pod mostly brown and we're all in interracial relationships <laughs> good for us Woo. it would have been really hard for me not to be in an interracial relationship though that's what i always said like yeah. if people really didn't want us to what's our option when you're already mixed race what can you do does it have to be the same do, mix? also do you have to be the same proportion yeah or could it be the same things but different proportions yeah are you gonna find another like part hawaiian part filipino part white match like but even i mean it depends how racist they are because our white combo is like also a little rare we've got a surprising amount of norwegian somehow yeah but you ended up you have uh what's that guy what's that confederate guy robert lee the lee yeah oh yeah he's your ancestor i know well you can't have it all you can't can't have it all (laughs) take that hitler (laughs) yeah you can't no don't hitler likes that one probably oh gosh (laughs) oh yeah Actually, no, he might not like it. When you say you can't have it all, what you mean is you can't have a background that entirely Hitler would dislike. Exactly. (laughs) But you can't have a relationship that Hitler would dislike. And that's what I strive for. Nice. Was Hitler Catholic? No, I don't think so. He was a Protestant? Uh, I mean, I Google. (laughs) I don't. I don't really Google Hitler very much, but I will. It says he was born to a Catholic. Wait, maybe he was Catholic. Oh. He was born to a Catholic mother, baptized in the Roman Catholic Church. His father was a free thinker and skeptical of the Catholic Church. Sounds like a dork. He was confirmed at the (laughs) Roman Catholic Cathedral in Linz, Austria. Okay, in the early years of his rule, he said not a Catholic, but a German Christian. And they were Protestants. And it was like non-denominational Christianity. But then it says stuff about they wanted to eliminate political Catholicism, and then he allowed persecution of Catholics. So I don't know if he's. I think he. I think he saw Catholicism (laughs) as like a little like non-white adjacent, and he was like, "I can't have that in my history. We got to get rid of that." Well, also, if he wants people to only care about him, Catholics care about the Pope. 
Yeah. Not trying to be stereotypical, but <laughs> I can't believe Rachel just painted all Catholics with this broad brush. <laughs> like we all like the Pope or something. <laughs> Do you like the Pope, Jackie? She's not really Catholic. I don't have any opinion on the Pope. Oh. Anyway, so back to Twelfth Night. We're doing this. Seems like it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. And you read the actual play in high school, right, Becca? I did. Um, actually, I think I read it when I was tutoring someone. Mm-hmm. So I don't okay. know if I read it in high school. I have read the play before. It's been a little bit of time. But yeah, the first experience was She's the Man, and then Governor's School Play, mm-hmm. and then I did read it. However, I will say that I, had, I did have a crush on a Governor's School Boy, mm-hmm. and he was the lead in the gender-bended version. Oh, Becca Hitler would love that. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, not the gender, but yeah, no, it didn't I don't work think out. Like I, I like, we can't continue to filter everything in this episode through like, would Hitler, would Hitler like this? Would Hitler like this? Is this point for Hitler or point against Hitler? <laughs> the Hitler lens. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I don't think you ever, you can't put a bunch of 16-year-olds in a residential summer camp and expect them not all to get crushes on each other. Like, I'm sure... Everybody had crushes, and some of them stayed together for the whole rest of their lives. (laughs) Some of them are getting married this year. (laughs) Okay, so do we want to go ahead and jump into it? I can do a little bit of background on Twelfth Night. Um, I think Rachel has some, too. So, like, yeah, yeah, like, I know a little bit. Rachel knows a little bit. Maybe together we know a little bit more. I'm thinking we'll we'll go with your little bit this time. We'll let you be the boss, and then— I don't know if I want to be the boss. So we'll let Jackie talk about what she knows about the background of Twelfth Night. We're going to cover Acts 1 and 2. And then that will be that. And then that will be that. End of podcast. Yep. <laughs> That's Ending all in the we've middle been of for, this yeah. very short play. <laughs> and then we are planning to do a bonus episode where we watch She's the Man and we tell you what we think. Remember when I had to answer Amanda Bynes trivia to get into the club when I left my oh, ID gosh. at one time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I did get in. So well, Okay, it's a sign. I guess I'll get in even better next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we mentioned, um, if you're not familiar with the play, and this is actually my first time reading it. I didn't read it in high school. Um, But when I opened up my copy of it, but I I must have started it at some point because (laughs) I'm showing my copy of it here, this little Pelican version Shakespeare. And on the very first page or so where there's the list of characters, I I got such a fright when I saw this because I didn't recall this at all. But um, apparently when I was in Shakespeare Club, we must have like gotten ready to like put on a version of this because there's a list of characters with our names next to them and apparently I was supposed to be Viola <laughs> that would really freak oh me out I guess if I opened a book that I, I had know. no memory of reading <laughs> and it was like this is you yeah it's clearly my handwriting and I'm like well damn I guess I had this book in high school because it says yeah Madeline was supposed to be my was supposed to be Sebastian my brother so my actual sister your was sister supposed to be, was supposed to be your brother yeah and I was supposed to be Viola but um, we never we never staged it clearly I was the co-president of the Shakespeare Club in high school, so so it's your fault. Yeah, so bow down. Yeah, despite oh. the fact that I like didn't. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you didn't do a good way. job as the president. <laughs> I I may have started it, but I don't think I read the whole thing. But um, so the the basic plot of it is there's a man in love with a woman, and then a woman pretends to be a man so that she can get close to that man, and then she falls in love with him. And then the woman that the other man is in love with falls in love with the woman because she thinks she's a man. Mm-hmm. So. We'll get to all she of that She thinks she's the man, right, Becca? She thinks she's oh. the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Amanda. <laughs> this play was published for the first time in the first folio, which is a collection of, I want to say, 28 plays. <clears throat> Wrong. The correct answer is actually 36 plays. 
Come on, Jackie. Um, of Shakespeare's, which was oh. put together seven years after his death. And there were quite a lot mm-hmm. of the plays in the folio, which is just like a collection of plays, basically, that had never been published before. So the only text that we have of Twelfth Night is the one in the first folio. And that leads to a couple of little interesting things that I was reading about in the like introduction um, for my Pelican version of Shakespeare. Um, looks like this was edited by... The Pelican. Charles T. Prouty. Yeah, the Pelican himself. Oh, so close. Charles T. Pelican. Yeah. So, and because there's only one copy of the text, it is a little bit like sometimes adapted to the specific staging that would have been done. Mm-hmm. So there's like little inconsistencies in it now that are probably because of who was playing the character. So like there's one part where um, Viola, who's one of the main characters, says like, oh, I'm going to become, I'm going to pretend to be a man and I'm going to join this guy's court and I'm going to sing for him. But then later when someone, when she's supposed to sing for him, the person who was playing viola just like couldn't sing that well so they have a different person come in and sing (laughs) and then apparently also at the time they would not have scenes and like stage decor and like scene changes like we have now so they would have just had like basically a big empty stage and no scenery Mm -hmm. so no background no props no furniture no uh like backgrounds or anything like that no actors even to be honest with you what do you mean no actors look at an empty stage (laughs) just go in (laughs) the empty stage someone tells you what you would have seen i thought you were like making fun of them for not being good actors or something no um no there would be actors that's all you would have and they would come on so the editors later on, when when they got this text out of the folio, they had to like kind of artificially put in like where they thought acts and scenes should be because there were no instructions about that in the original text. Like people would just walk on and you were just supposed to get from context clues where they were, which is kind of funny because sometimes when you're reading it and you're just like, oh, look, now we are at this place. It's like, yeah, that's because they had to give the audience some idea of what was going on. Mm. Does this mean that the play was put on? Like at some point people performed the play, but it was just Mm -hmm. never formally um, published for people to read? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like distributed because printing would have been really expensive back then. So some of his plays were published during his lifetime, but this one not until after his death. Okay, but he had seen it before. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. Probably several times. It's just like... Yeah, it was a really successful play. You would, Mm -hmm. you know, a a playhouse would put on the the play. Maybe they'd pass the script on to someone else. Maybe they would rewrite, like use the paper for scrap. Who knows what they would do. But um, I think also, Jackie, and you can tell me if you know the answer to this, but some of it, since there's only one copy... Aren't some words like kind of blurry or missing so people just kind of guess what's in there? Well, um, so there there's only one source of the text, but there were like 500 copies of the first folio, but like most of them have been lost. So I think there is now like 200 something remaining. So unless they blurred out that word in every single one of those copies, probably not. But there are many references to things that that they still don't know what their reference is to. And like my version has little footnotes and it'll be like, oh, this is this, this means that, like this refers to like a specific event that occurred in this year. So that's how we know it was written after this point. But then there are some of them where it's like, we don't know what this is an allusion to. And I'm like, okay, well then you didn't have to put a footnote. Yeah. Because that actually didn't help me at all. Because I also don't get it. So you saying you don't get it adds nothing. Yeah, because I follow the footnote and it's like, we don't know. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) back to the text. We don't know either. (laughs) Just give you a little exercise. Yeah. Your eyeballs. Yeah, but the remaining couple hundred copies are like in private collections and libraries and then there's a bunch of them that are lost. The one thing that I will add to what Jackie said is that we think 
it was probably written around 1601 or 1602, mm-hmm. like very early in the 1600s. And Twelfth Night refers to the 12th day of Christmas. <gasps> so depending on whether you start on the 25th or the 26th, this w- this is referring to either January 5th or January 6th. Sometime around my mom's birthday. Wow, mom. In 1601? Yeah. <laughs> Dang, she looks good for her age. I know, that's what everyone always says. <laughs> I feel bad for saying that. Uh, she's had a good run of it <laughs> in the Pinocchio episode. Yeah, it's, and she's not done, not even close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's not ready to turn into a donkey yet. Mm-hmm. So 1601, 1602, um, yeah, it's a winter, it's a winter, not a winter's tale. That's a different thing. It's a tale in the winter. Winterly, it's set in the wintertime. That's what we're trying to say. Yeah, it's set in Illyria, which is somewhere on the coast of the Adriatic Sea, like Serbia, Croatia. It's basically like the Czech Republic. Yeah. Which is weird because they have Italian names and you're kind of like, you read it and you're like, oh yeah, a bunch of Italians doing crazy stuff. And then you're like, oh my gosh, it's Serbs. That's a totally different vibe. (laughs) Yeah, but then a lot of them are like English nobility names too. So it's like, I don't, it it just shows you that like Shakespeare didn't know everything. (laughs) Or he did, but he was like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I like to think that he didn't know everything. He was a bit of a himbo. Yeah. But yeah, that he was a himbo. I love a himbo. And also that he knew that everyone liked him anyway. Yeah. So he's like, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like I could do some research, but everyone's going to be eating out of the palm of my hand anyway. Exactly. And I love that for me. You know? Yeah. That's like big William energy right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to get this right. That's what Ada Palmer said. Like, well, she didn't say what I just said. She said something a lot smarter. She said, I have big will energy. <laughs> <laughs> big will made it. Um, big Willie style. Yeah. That's what we should have said. Anyway, go ahead. Big Willie style. All in it. No, 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 no. Yeah, Jackie. You can't get me started and then expect me to just stop oh, like that. <gasps> Sorry. Remember what you're about to say, but I need to tell you something. I was listening to another podcast that has two hosts and one of them was like being like, come on, let's get back to the podcast. And the other one would not stop rapping Will Smith songs. Yeah. And I was like, it's me and Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, who's who's rapping Will Smith? Jackie. We actually we have a video of her. She she did getting jiggy with it. She rapped it at three times speed. That's how well she. Yeah, we started at a we started at a normal pace, and then we upped it by like 0.25, 0.25, and then yeah, yeah, I think we got up to three times. And she was able to rap along with it. It was our number one most played song on iTunes a few years ago. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Theo and Rachel were in the background. And of course, like Theo doesn't know the song. We're just bouncing around. Yeah. But even at three (laughs) times speed, it was kind of hard for them to even do the no, 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 it's like once you pop, you just can't stop. Um, mm-hmm. Why was I saying any of that? Oh, it's because Ada Palmer said, like, yeah, Shakespeare, when he was writing Romeo and Juliet, like, he was writing all these things about Italy, but he actually didn't know that much about Italy. But everyone was just like, yeah, I bet right. he knows. But also, like, I, I believe it. If you live in England, I'm going to give you a piece of advice. All right. What now? Go to Italy. And stay there. there. And don't go back. <laughs> Jacob, that's a good, yeah. I agree. <laughs> Now, we just talked how much about um, Becca hates Italians. Americans. But then I looked, Americans, but also kind of Italians. But then I looked at (laughs) Becca's um, Instagram page because I was going to, I was creeping on it so I could pull a picture of her um, to post on ours. And I saw a freaking picture of you meeting Liv Tyler in Italy. Yeah, I did do that. 
She's not Italian, though. And talking about how much you love Italy. I know she's not, <laughs> but, like, that's amazing. And you had a great time. And how dare you speak bad of Italians? <laughs> she likes the country. She likes the food. I love she Italy. She doesn't like the yeah. people. <laughs> no, no, no. I like... Whenever I liked the Italians I saw in Italy, mm -hmm. it's this is my problem. Is I don't like she hates gabagool. Ugh. She hates gabagool. Yeah, she I hates hate capiche. when they say gabagool. Yeah, yeah. What was the other thing I, that Liv Tyler would never let that word escape her beautiful lips? She would never say capiche. <laughs> I know she would never say gabagool either. <laughs> well, and also remember the Jersey Shore. I hated those guys. Most of them were not Italian-American, by the They're way. They're not Italian. No, like half of them no. were. The other half were not, though. <laughs> it was Italian face. When I was doing Hindi classes in college, we had to, like, make lots of little, like, video skits at different points. And we made one that was a Jersey Shore parody called Goa Shore, mm -hmm. which is, like, Goa is, like, a beach area in one of the little states of it, uh, southern India. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I dressed up in my dad's shiny shirt from when he used to be in bands. And I wore my dad's pants and I wore a Yankees cap and I tucked my hair all up inside there. So I, I cross-dressed. Nice. And I was the only one who did. Everybody else played their regular genders. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I brought the house down. That's awesome. Nice. I was just this obnoxious little man jumping all over the place in, in his Yankees cap. <laughs> wow. Are you saying that's you Speaking or that was your dad? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was me. Oh, <laughs> prosciutto, Becca? Do you hate that? I've never heard that. It's how they say prosciutto. Prosciutto. Uh, like what's her name? Jada, whatever her name is. Yeah, Jada on the Food Network. She bothers me. I'm so sorry. And <laughs> forget about it. Do I you hate, hate that. I, I put. Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I've already put it on the record. I can never run for president now because you hate it Italian Americans. That'll <laughs> <laughs> bury me in the polls. <laughs> They're not as powerful as they once were. God, I made a Giada De Laurentiis fettuccine dish one time, and I still remember it because it was good. So oily. Oh. So oily. I never made it again. <laughs> oh, I would probably eat it. Becca's injury. That wouldn't deter me. <laughs> I mean, it was good. I'm an oily girl who loves oily dishes. Ooh, didn't we, in our very first couple episodes when we talked about the telemachia, mm -hmm. didn't we call him an oily yeah, boy? Yeah, because he was covered in oil all the time. I'm an oily goyle. Yeah, wow. Becca, oiliness is next to godliness. Telemachus had that Giada De Laurentiis fettuccine. I know he did. That's why he's oh, so yeah. oily. True. Okay, so Rachel, do you want to do a synopsis? Yeah, let's do the synopsis. I'm channeling Italian-Americans. It's, it's going to go by pretty fast. So I, I basically, I wrote down the important points. There's not that much, but I also made note of some lines where I was like, what, why? So maybe we can discuss that as I go. <laughs> Here we go. And Becca, I'm sure it will come back to you. Yeah, so, so we open on this guy, and his name is Duke Orsino. And he's played by Channing Tatum in the movie. I remember. I didn't know that. Now I'm into it. <laughs> and his first name is Duke. That's how they do it. They go to Elyria High School, and his name is Duke, and his last name is Orsino. <laughs> Isn't that good? good. I love that they did that. Duke could be a guy's name. <laughs> I know. Mm -hmm. Duke Ellington. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job. So anyway, so Duke Orsino, as I'm reading this, I'm picturing the, the actors from She's the Man, by the way. I can't avoid it. Yeah. So whenever they're like, oh my gosh, our age difference, I'm like, come on, you guys are all in high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, his first speech is pretty funny because it starts with a kind of famous line, which is, if music be the food of love, play on. And then he's like, I love love. In all of, in its, all forms. its forms. I love love. 
so much. It's so amazing. And then within like eight lines, he's like, all right, enough of that. Yeah. I'm tired of it now. Let's move on. Not, it's not cool anymore. But so he's he's going on and on about how he's just like loving this lady, Olivia. And he really wants to get with her. And she's so beautiful and blah, blah, blah. But the problem is her dad died and then her brother died like right after. So she's really upset about it. And she's like, I'm going to be in mourning for seven years. I don't want to have any fun. I don't even want to look at a man for that whole time. Love that for her. Yeah. No man is going to keep me company now that I've lost my brother. And my dad. Like right in succession. But so, so here's the thing that I always assume about Shakespeare. And you tell me if you also feel that way whenever a character says something and i don't really understand it i assume they're talking about penises just because i know shakespeare yeah i think that's a fair assumption Um, with that guy i there's a few times in here where i think they are doing that do you Um, want me to tell you the one oh you know what well i just glanced (laughs) at the page and i wasn't even expecting it but i see how will she love when the rich golden Mm -hmm. shaft hath killed the flock of all affections else Yeah. yeah so he's literally like maybe she's sad about her brother now but, but how's she going to feel about If she gets a look at this golden <laughs> peen of mine, <laughs> she'll forget about everything else. <laughs> Which, as soon as he said that, I'm like, you've lost me. I'm not on your side anymore. You know? Like, yeah. yeah. That's just so rude. <laughs> I also think maybe, and this is me just thinking. Okay. But <laughs> maybe the morning was a bit of a pretense for her to yeah. get him to leave her alone for seven whole years in a row. She also tells him she's not into him. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And he wasn't listening. So now she's like, I'm in mourning for seven years. And she's like, hopefully he'll find someone else in seven years. Mm-hmm. And then I can be normal again and he'll be gone. Right. Well, yeah, because him. clearly he's not that in love with her. If you if he was truly in love, he would wait seven years. But no, he's got to put that golden shaft in something. Mm-hmm. So he's probably Ew. not going to wait around. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's that's Shakespeare's language. That's the that's the bard right there. Yeah. It's poetic. Wait, was he was he gay? He might have been bisexual based on his poetry, but we don't know. We do know he married a woman and had kids with her. Yeah, but he is really into peens. That's all I'm gonna say. He also makes vagina jokes sometimes. You know, much ado about nothing is a vagina joke. Oh, because it's a it's a there's the title. No thing means vagina. So the name of the play is like is, oh. and I quote, "Everybody's oh. talking about vaginas," and that's like if you heard it, people back oh. then would have been like, "Ha ha ha! Oh my gosh, what a funny title!" <laughs> There's this hot new thing we just discovered. <laughs> yeah, have you ever heard it's of like this? NFTs? Everybody's got to chat about those. Um, yeah, well, and the other funny thing, which a lot of people may know this, but some people may not, is that um, back in Shakespeare's time, uh, there weren't any women actors, so all of the women would have been played by young men. Mm-hmm. So in this play where there's gender bending, it's extra funny because it would be a young man pretending to be a woman pretending to be a man. Yeah. People were yeah. just cackling. And so it would get confusing, and I think he liked that. Mm-hmm. He liked that confusion. Probably so. I'm sure he did because he wrote about it a lot. But um, can I tell you a brief story about uh, about gender? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) That's that kind of gives away the punchline right there. But um, I will just briefly say I was thinking about this because so I had a lady that I worked with who I will not make a secret of. Like, I didn't really like her. She didn't really like me. We didn't agree on anything. Um, We weren't the same kind of people. Um, But she was getting really excited because she was about to have her second grandson. 
Mm-hmm. And she was really hoping that it was going to be a girl because she really wanted to have a granddaughter to like paint her nails and like do girly things with. And she's telling me about all this like, oh, you know, I'm excited for him, but I just really wish it was a girl. I want to be able to do all these things. And I was like, well, you know, like maybe he'll like having his nails painted. Maybe he'll <laughs> like to go shopping with you and all these little things. And she said, oh, <laughs> Uh, well, let's hope there's no gender confusion. And I was like, I wasn't saying I hope he's confused about his gender. <laughs> like, what? I'm <laughs> I was just saying maybe he'll I, enjoy shopping with his grandma. Maybe he'll like to have his nails done. Yeah. And she's like, ooh, don't wish that on my grandson. <sighs> Wow. <laughs> I hope that. Well, no, because then even if he enjoyed shopping with his grandma, she would be mean about it. And then he couldn't even enjoy it after all. So I don't hope it any. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And also, I'm just saying, it's totally fine if you're not sure about your gender or if you're fluid on it. But, like, I wouldn't wish confusion on anyone because I hear yeah. it's unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that woman sounds like. <sighs> That's why we didn't like each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you had a reason <laughs> to not like her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I could have known not to say that because I had a feeling she wouldn't have been into it. But I'm like, what am I supposed to say when you just keep telling me that you wish your your grandchild had a vagina instead? Yeah, that's much ado about nothing right there. Seriously, you should text her about that. Send her this episode. I will not be. What's up, y'all? We hope you're enjoying this episode. This is the midpoint where we tell you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash fire the cannon. We are really in need of support these days. Mm-hmm. We appreciate however you want to support us, whether that is writing a rating and review, telling your friends about us, maybe even monetarily throwing a couple dollars our way on Patreon because, um, uh, have you guys seen the price of eggs lately? It's crazy. Um, have you seen the price of editing? That's the really important part. Editing. We gotta pay... Right some british guy to edit our podcast for us so we need money to do that i need money um i will say i would like to take some credit because i do a fair bit of the editing uh to save money but then we need jacob to make Mm -hmm. it pretty and to add in all of his little whirly gigs that he does i think of them as like auditory whirly gigs basically i like his little sound effects and his little like wow these people hate italians or whatever he says i like them too (laughs) oh Thanks, guys. It's nice to be appreciated. He he also was very much, I thought, um, taking a piss at Jackie a lot in the last episode. Taking a piss at her? Yeah. <laughs> you mean out of her? Well, whichever one it is. I don't know. I'm not English. I was trying to say something an English person would say. I thought he was taking the piss out of her. Well, either way. <laughs> taking a piss well, at her. Well, I feel like she made a joke at one point. And he was like, wah, wah. Or like the crickets. Like, I feel yeah. like a couple times. He does. <laughs> He has been doing that. Okay, but like, Becca, I can't focus on what you're saying because what you said was so funny. (laughs) Well, I don't know the expression. Idioms are not my strong point. It's fine. That's better that you got it wrong. Okay, Jacob, hope you enjoyed that. And audience, if you want to support us, please go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon. You can join our support network what is it three dollars a month you get access to all of our bonus content and we just released an interview with my cousin megan where i asked her why she had a crush on jiminy cricket so if you want to hear that full episode 
you should support us on Patreon. It wasn't just Rachel asking. It was I I pre-wrote seven questions for Megan and Rachel asked them and she did a pretty good yeah. job. She didn't keep it exactly how I wrote them, but I think, you know, it was fine. I did it was a good job. I can't. I'm not yeah. going to say my family's more likely to listen to the Megan episode than most others. So there's certain things I'm just not going to say. Oh, okay. Well, back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Taking a piss at Jackie a lot. Anyway. Let's let's get back to this. Much ado about thing, perhaps. So we oh, yeah. meet our main character, Viola, and we find out that she has just been shipwrecked onto the shores of Illyria. Mm-hmm. And she's like talking. And she was sailing with her brother, yes. Sebastian. Mm-hmm. But Sebastian and her got separated and she's pretty sure he drowned. But he could be alive because somebody that she was sailing with was like, I saw him. He was like attached to a piece of floating wood so maybe he's alive and she's like okay i hope he is but i don't know and you might think he's alive because i told you earlier in the episode that my sister madeline was supposed to have played (laughs) him in the play so he might be he might be alive (laughs) otherwise it would be a pretty bad role for madeline yeah Uh, viola hopes that he's alive but she's not like sure and they're twins it's fraternal twins maybe the floating wood was pinocchio Oh my gosh. Crossover. Could be. So so Viola's talking to the captain of the ship and some sailor. Forget about them. They don't matter anymore after this. And she's like, tell me what... That was the equivalent <laughs> of putting in a footnote that's like, I don't know what this is about. I do have to tell you who she's talking to because she is talking. So she's like, oh my gosh, where are we? And the guy's like, this is Illyria. I grew up three hours from here. Like, I know this place really well. She's like, okay, awesome. Tell me about it. Like, tell me about the people. And he says, there's this lady, Olivia. She's really pretty. She doesn't want to see men. And Viola's like, that's that's great. I would love to work for her. But he's like, also, she doesn't want to see anyone at all. So she's like, okay, crap. I can't work for her. Curse my visibility. Yeah. But he says, there's a guy who's into her, and his name is Orsino. And Viola is like, oh, that's interesting. Perhaps I could work for him, and I'm going to dress as a man and pretend I'm a eunuch. And will you back me up and tell him that I'm a eunuch? And the captain's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, because I guess <laughs> I'll do it. women wouldn't have been able to join his court or something. Like, he, he had a space for a man. And- well, she couldn't have gotten a job for him. Like, she would need a chaperone, and I think a lady definitely couldn't have gotten a a paying job, but but, um, as a young nobleman, she could. Carlo Collodi would have loved Viola, because I'll tell you, if I just got shipwrecked somewhere and my twin brother just died, I thought, Mm -hmm. I would not be like, oh, shit, gotta get a job. I'd be like, (laughs) how about someone gets me back to where I'm from, Yeah, you know? I don't know. I would just be establishing myself. Jackie, did you get the impression, I feel like... She was like, maybe if I work for Orsino, that will get me in to talk to Olivia and then I can just work for her. I'm not sure. I mean, she just lost her twin brother. She shipwrecked, whatever. Like, she doesn't have anything. I think she's like, I need to start social climbing right now and I just need to get in with the royalty somehow. As high as I can. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's what she does. So she was a noble woman, though, then. Yes. But so she's going to social climb with a fake identity. Right. And then she's just going to have to have a fake identity forever. I think she's thinking to herself, I might be wrong, but I think she's thinking to herself, you know, I'll get, I'll, maybe I'll be able to marry the Duke. And the guy she's talking to is like, I don't know if that's going to work if he thinks you're a man. And she's like, yep, I'll figure it out later. Like he'll, (laughs) he'll grow to like me and then we'll figure it out later. Wow. It's possible I didn't get that impression at all from what she was saying. It's not really that logical what she's doing, though. I don't think she was like, 
I want to marry him. I think Shakespeare made her say a couple things so that we would be like, oh, foreshadowing. (laughs) That was what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah, I see it. She says, yeah, I can sing. Um, This will allow me to be worthy of his service. What else may happen to time I will commit? Like, we'll just see what happens after that. Which I thought that was Shakespeare being like, who, who, who? Not necessarily her saying I can win his heart, but who knows? But so also, as with every Shakespeare play, there are some servants who get up to no good. Love it. And yeah. (laughs) And so this is why no one should have servants. Because they're always getting up to no good. Bring your whole house down. Yeah. So we we have a couple sort of servants and underlings, I guess. Or Olivia has a lot. She has Sir Toby, who's like, I think he's her uncle, but sometimes they call each other cousin and also sometimes niece. So I don't know if niece was just a factor of the age difference or if he's actually her uncle, but he's sort of... I'll just tell you, working in genetics today, people don't know who the hell their cousins are. People will be like, oh yeah, my cousin has this and this. And I'm like, okay, how are they related to you? We draw it all out. Turns out they're like their great aunt. Oh my goodness. Or like, oh, you know what? Actually, that person's not related to me. That's just a friend. Okay. (laughs) Well, there you go. So so we have Sir Toby, and he's a drunk, and he has a friend who he kind of wants to marry Olivia, and his name is Andrew Eggcheek, but sometimes he calls him Eggface. Sir Andrew Eggcheek. Eggface. Yeah. Egg meaning like the, like illness, like the plague. Yeah. (laughs) So he... They're friends and they're drinking buddies and Andrew, Sir Andrew doesn't have any money either. And like, there's never a sign that he would ever marry Olivia, but it, the uncle's just like, think about it. What if you married my friend and then we could hang out all the time? They're already hanging out all the time. I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Sir Andrew's very simple and he knows this mm-hmm. about himself. He's just not very smart. Um, and oh, everybody's always kind of making smart. him the butt of jokes. He's the comic relief no. for sure. And then she's very funny. She also has um, like a handmaiden, I guess, named um, Maria or Mary. And then she has a steward named Malvolio and Rebecca. Do you remember Malvolio and she's the man? Yes. Yeah, the the tarantula, right? It was some guy's. Yeah, it was a guy's pet tarantula. (laughs) (laughs) Malvolio the tarantula. (laughs) What? He does have a role to play in the movie, though. Well, how does that work out in the plot? Because, okay, Malvolio is a key feature of of the plot to the story. They simplified it in the movie. (laughs) Yeah. So Toby, Sir Toby and Sir Andrew don't like Malvolio because he's always telling them to be quiet when they're having, like, their drinking parties. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that guy's no fun. He sucks. Like, he thinks he's better than everybody because he's steward to Olivia. But, like, he's he's stupid and he sucks. So they play a joke on him. Yeah, which we'll get into in... Um, act two. I don't. I don't see how a tarantula could possibly take the place of it's, this character. I'm going to tell you, this is not an important subplot. Like, it is a major subplot in terms of how much of the play it takes up, but it's, it's not funny. actually important, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think in the movie, in the movie, they they kind of put a lot more or even more comedy into the A plot, and they just like totally cut this C plot. But mm. well, at one point, Malvolio escapes and he sneaks into their dorm room. <laughs> <laughs> and they have a bit of a moment, actually. That's true. <laughs> so let's not go there because this <laughs> okay. this is not what happens in the play. We'll co- yeah, we'll cover Malvolio it. never escapes into anyone's door. I wish that he, he was. <laughs> but okay, look, Becca, I'll give you an example of Sir Andrew. So when he meets Maria, the first time he sees her, he says, bless you, fair shrew. 
And that is how he greets her. <laughs> so is he trying to insult her or not? I don't know. <laughs> but so there's that. And then also he tries to... So first, here's one thing, which I feel like you guys might appreciate and relate to them because she says something about how the two men need to bring their hands to the buttery bar. And I was like, Becca and Jackie would love to bring their hands to a buttery bar. Yeah. What is a buttery <laughs> bar? I put my hands all over them. <laughs> I just think it's like a pantry. <laughs> my my version says it's an ale cellar. Oh, buttery. <laughs> buttery bar. Oh, so not a bunch of butter. But you can pronounce it buttery, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> It has an apostrophe. Um, well, she's just like constantly saying things and insulting him and he doesn't realize it. Um, he also gets her very funny. name mixed up because when he says, bless you, fair shrew, his friend says, accost, Sir Andrew, accost. That's my niece's chambermaid. And he's like, oh, sorry, Mistress Acost. And she's like, no, my name's Mary. And he's like, oh, yes, Mistress Mary Acost. <laughs> so that gives you oh some God. idea of this guy. You're rolling your eyes about him. He's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Is he a himbo or not handsome enough? Oh, he's not a, handsome enough. I don't think he's handsome because he's egg-cheeked, okay. but he's he is he's a bow. He's a him and he's uh, dumb. Mm -hmm. But he says, <laughs> yeah, uh, sometimes I think I have no more wit than any ordinary man has, but I am a great eater of beef and I believe that does harm to my wit. <laughs> and his friend's like, it does. <laughs> I don't think it's the beef. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It, uh, we can't just like read the whole thing, but it is pretty funny. He's like, yeah, it does. It does make you dumb. And Andrew's like, well, no, if I really thought that, I wouldn't eat it. Yeah, so why'd you say that, Andrew? And he says, I'm going to go home. Yeah, Toby says, pourquoi? And Andrew says, what is pourquoi? Do or not do? <laughs> there is no pourquoi. Yeah. So he, there's also another joke where I'm like, is this sexual or not? Which maybe you guys can tell me. Um, line 107. Yes, it is. Okay. So they're talking about his hair. I hope to see a housewife. Well, first, okay, so first, um, Andrew, so Toby's like, oh, you know, your hair isn't that great because it's not naturally curly. And Andrew's like, but doesn't it look pretty good on me? And he's like, yeah, it hangs like flax on a distaff. And I hope to see a housewife take the between her legs and spin it off. Of course that's sexual. Like, that's either a sex joke or a bald joke or both. It's probably both, right? My version says spin it off refers to losing hair as a result of venereal disease. What? Oh, God. So he's like, I Ew. hope a yeah. woman gives you an STD? That's so mean. They're not good friends at all. Take thee between her legs. And give like, you an STD? On your head. Yeah, but it could have been like she's spinning the hair off from friction or something. Like, it doesn't have to be because she gave him an STD. Friction. It sounds like it could happen Are either way. they're friends, way. though, right? Supposedly? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but he never understands when he's being insulted. <laughs> the, the only part from their conversation that, like, actually matters is Toby and Andrew are talking about Olivia marrying Orsino, Duke Orsino, and he's like, she'll none of the count. She'll not match above her degree, neither in estate, years, nor wit. So he's like, she will never get with him. Mm -hmm. She wants someone dumber than her? Well, she wants someone... I'm. It seems like he's older than her, and he has more money but i don't know if he's saying that orsino is smarter than her or he's not smart enough okay okay but anyway she's not interested yeah it sounds like he's saying she's not going to get with someone smarter than her but i don't think that makes any sense he must just be confused she wants a himbo an age-appropriate himbo don't we all <laughs> yeah but the duke doesn't even seem that smart i know he's an idiot he's like let me give her some of my peen and she'll quit mourning her dead brother. Like, no, she won't. 
she will still be sad. (laughs) As if to think like those two things could replace each other. Like, you miss your brother? Well, would you like some penis to make up for it? (laughs) No, that wasn't the role he was filling in my life. Leave me alone. Can I interest you in a golden shaft in this trying time? That's what he's saying. Ew. (laughs) I hate that. Uh, Okay, so, so we go back to Viola. And she's been working for Orsino for three days, and she is known as, um, she's a eunuch named Cesario. And we know it's been three days because she's like, how do you think I'm doing? And the captain's like, you've only been working for him for three days, but he already loves you so much. And he <laughs> he tells her, like, you're awesome, and also you look exactly like a woman, and you sound exactly like a woman. So I want you to go talk to Olivia for me, because you're, like, basically exactly the same as a woman, so maybe she'll talk to you. And then Viola slash Cesario, as an aside to herself, is like, fine, I'll do it, but I want to marry you instead yeah yeah oh so she likes like whispers it yeah (laughs) yeah she's falling in love with him and this would have been also like a huge part of the comedy is that this would have been a man playing a woman playing a man and then the guy would have said to her boy you look a lot like a woman sound exactly everybody knows it's yeah (laughs) yeah yeah so it would have been even funnier to have it played by a man in the first place but yeah it says like oh yeah like, you have lips that are as, as smooth and red as Diana's lips, and thy small pipe is as the maiden's organ, shrill and sound. Is that a penis joke? That sounds no, like I a think penis it's a joke. Voice. It could be a voice it's and voice. a penis joke. Like, it could be a double entendre. It looks like both. Yeah. Right. He's like, you have the same penis as a girl, too. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so... Okay, so unfortunately, there's yet another character we have to meet, which is that Maria, the chambermaid or whatever, handmaiden. She's hanging out with a fool named Fest. Or a clown. We could think of him like a court jester. Yeah, clown, fool, jester, whatever. But anyway, so that's, you know, that's going on. And I don't really, like, I don't really need to know that much about it. <laughs> there's just a lot of wordplay, but the clown is definitely the, probably the smartest. Like, he's the wittiest for sure. Right. But I just, like, I'm not into that trope. You know what I mean? Of a smart clown? Of like, oh my gosh, this guy, he's a fool, but he knows he's the wisest of all. Like, I just don't care about that. And every time he appears, he's, everything he says is like, you may say I'm a fool, but you're the fool. Annoying. <laughs> it's like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I would fire yeah. you. I see. <laughs> like you're just telling me you're bad at your job. Okay, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you should be good at being a fool. Yeah. Well, it's like Toby is basically delighted with him because he just wants to be insulted. Like that's funny for them. Mm-hmm. They're having fun. They yeah, are. It would have been cute. They're definitely having fun, but I just meh. I just don't really care about it. But anyway, so Maria, the conversation between Maria and the fool. She does have a line that's kind of famous, or he does. They're kind of talking about, like, marriage and love and stuff. And the fool says, many a good hanging prevents a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. What? Basically saying it's it's better to be dead than to have a bad relationship. Or, uh, I mean, oh. from a woman's perspective, it's definitely better for the man to be dead than to yeah. be in a marriage with yeah. him, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so he is kind of, like, insufferable. So yeah. Olivia comes, who we know is, like, deeply in mourning for her brother and her dad. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm going to show you why I'm smarter than Olivia. So she go- he goes, hey, why are you sad, Olivia? And she's like, um, well, it's because my brother died. The clown says, I think his soul is in hell, Madonna. <laughs> Olivia says, I know his soul is in heaven, fool. And the clown says, the more fool, Madonna, to mourn for your brother's soul being in heaven. Ha. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Wow, what a sick burn. And the reason, the whole reason he did that rude thing is because she's already sick of him. And she says, like, take the fool away. And he's like, you heard her. Take her out of the room. And she's like, no, I'm talking about you. And he's like, nah, you're the fool for mourning your brother. <laughs> you know why? Because you're crying about your brother, even though even though he's in heaven. And I just said he's in hell. I would be so pissed. <laughs> I would kill him. I would kill him. Yeah. <laughs> She's in charge, right? Why yeah. is he in her house? I would uh, kick him out. For he sure. goes all over yeah. the place. So Olivia turns to Malvolio, her steward, and is like, "What do you think of this guy?" And he's like, "I think you should kill him." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh wow, he's just Malvolio like me. gets it. <laughs> but also, like, his name is Malvolio. You know something's up with him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and <What? laughs> something bad. <laughs> so he's like, "Uh, you should kill that guy. It's awful." And she's like, well, Malvolio, I think that you're too full of yourself and maybe you should, like, learn to laugh Live a little. A little. So, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Olivia says that? Yeah. So I feel bad for Malvolio in this situation. Like, he, the clown just said this horrible thing and he's trying to stick up for her. You asked his opinion. Yeah. And then he gives his opinion and then she's like, you are, you are full of self-love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Team Malvolio for me. Yeah, Team Malvolio. Team Tarantula. So Viola slash Cesario arrives, and she's like, hey, I'm here to speak with Olivia, whatever. So Malvolio comes in and tells Olivia, and she's like, get rid of her, tell or get rid of him. Tell him I'm sick or him. I'm asleep. <laughs> and Malvolio's like, I tried. I said you were asleep. And Cesario said, yeah, I know. That's why I'm here. And then I said that you were sick. And Cesario was like, yeah, I already know that. That's why I'm here. And Malvolio's like, so he's outwitted us. Like, there's no way to get rid of him now. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't just say no. Like, yeah. he already knows. <laughs> So so Olivia's like, whatever, just let him in and I'll deal with it. And then they have this like witty repartee conversation and you're like, uh-oh, bisexuality. <laughs> so Well, we don't have any proof that Olivia likes men at all. So it could just be lesbianality. Lesbianism. So Olivia tells Viola, she's like, get out of here. I never want to hear from the Duke again unless it's you coming here to tell me what he has to say about what I just said to you. And um, Viola's like, okay, I'll leave. And she's like, remember, I never want to hear from him again unless you're delivering the message. <laughs> wow. And that's act one. <laughs> so, yeah, so Viola goes, Viola slash Cesario goes away. And Olivia calls Malvolio over and says, hey, that guy that was just here, he left this ring, <laughs> which she's just making it up. She's like, yeah, tell him he forgot his ring. He has to come back and get it. So Malvolio's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get the yeah. ring over I to him. I think she says, give this ring to Viola. So, okay, so act two. Yeah. So then Olivia <laughs> ends the act with a, with a little, she just ends the act with a little speech to herself, mm -hmm. uh, a little solo that just is like, Oh, uh, like I'm in love with that guy. Yeah. Just to let the audience yeah, know. Yeah, because we weren't getting it. Oh, okay. But so act two, we're like, we we open with Sebastian, the brother, being alive. But he literally says Hooray. he's talking to someone who saved him. And he's like, my name is Sebastian, which I called Rodrigo. I'm like, what are you talking about? What? What do you mean your name is Sebastian, which you <laughs> called Rodrigo? Like, What? <laughs> Am I? Which one do I call you? Maybe he wants to go by, like, maybe he wants to reinvent himself. Like, yeah. he wants a new name. Like, hey, my name's Sebastian, but please call me Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe he's saying, he said, my father was Sebastian. He left behind me and my sister, who are both born in the same hour, so we know they're twins. Mm -hmm. And then he says, 
my sister drowned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. That explains the Rodrigo thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> he also, so he spends this entire time complaining to the guy who saved him. And that guy is Antonio. And he's like, oh, I wish I was dead, but I guess I have to stay alive because you wasted your time saving me. And then Antonio says something and I'm like, he says like, I love you or whatever. And I'm like, does Antonio have a crush oh. on Sebastian? Like, what is going on? And also, why would he have a crush on him? Because he just complains. I think that those two siblings, this is what I'm getting. I think they're both beautiful. Yeah. That has to be the only explanation. Like, everyone falls in love with them. They, they have to be really hot. Yeah. They're just both very hot. Sebastian says about his sister, who he believes is dead, it was said that she much resembled me, yet many people thought she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she's also very smart. So, like, she looked just like me. However, she somehow also was beautiful, even though she looks just like me, a man. And then Antonio says, like, if you will not murder me for my love, let me be your servant. Yeah. And Sebastian says, like, well, since you saved me and I'd rather be dead, I guess you can be my servant. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of ship them now. Antonio and Sebastian. Sebastian. I knew it. Yeah. And then Antonio, he like goes away and he's like, no, I have to go to Count Orsino's court. And then Antonio is like, dang, I have a lot of enemies there. But, I guess I um, can't go, or but I guess I will. <laughs> yeah, I do adore thee so that I will go. It does seem like he likes him. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to risk death. Oh, Antonio has enemies there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's beautiful. Sebastian is beautiful. Apparently. That seems to be the takeaway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we move into the next scene and Viola is talking to Malvolio and Malvolio is like, hey, I'm here to return this ring that you left and I wish that you hadn't wasted my time. And then Viola is like, whoa, that's I didn't leave that. But she doesn't say that to Malvolio. She says that to herself. She's like, what? But so he's like, you got to take this ring. And so then she says to herself, like, oh, my gosh, this lady has a crush on me. She loves me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i really wish i knew i wish i could see these twins because it seems like they're just so attractive yeah but it's just yeah. funny i wonder how it would work so she whispers to herself like oh of course typical olivia has a crush on me and then she says like this is too much of a mess i can't do anything about it and i'm not even gonna try i'm just gonna let time figure it out so that's her strategy for the rest of the play is like whatever happens happens <laughs> i'm not gonna do anything i love that She's just lazy. I wouldn't do anything either. This <laughs> sucks. I'm. I love my master, and my master loves her. But I'm a woman, and he thinks I'm a man, and then she thinks I'm a man. And she I likes don't know. me, and oh, we have this ring. It was a terrible plan. <laughs> yeah. End scene. It's her fault. <laughs> yeah, she should have known how hot she was. She knew. Yeah. So we go back to Sir Andrew and Sir Toby, and they're drunk, obviously, and they decide to pay the fool to sing them some love songs. Isn't he getting paid to be there? Why do they have to pay him to do his job? I, I guess the love song is like extra. an extra, yeah, extra thing. <laughs> like maybe the singing, which maybe this is the part where Jackie was like, yeah, Olivia couldn't sing, so the fool had to do it. Um, No, that's in Count Orsino. That's for Count Orsino. That oh. comes later. Oh, um, gosh. this. So they make reference a couple times to this painting that is called um, We Three, which apparently was a real painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's showing two fools, and it's called We Three, and then the point is that the person looking at the painting is the third fool. Yep. Um, so they make reference oh. to this, and they're like, oh, we're the, we're the three. So he tells them, yeah, sing for me. And then um, he sings 
a little dirty song and (laughs) (laughs) they're just going back and forth about that um and then maria comes in and is like shut up (laughs) yeah they're probably really annoying malvolio comes in too yeah and malvolio also tells them to shut up and they they don't like malvolio they're like get out of here just because you're a great guy that means we can't get drunk and he leaves (laughs) 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 and for some reason the three of them maria and toby and andrew they decide to plot and scheme against malvolio and maria says something which i don't understand what this means but she says this is just like honestly kind of obviously shakespeare is one of the greatest writers of all time but this is one of the parts where i'm like okay shakespeare this was clumsy yeah you just have maria suddenly being like i'm gonna do some shit i'm on your side now i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna mischief now she says for monsieur malvolio let me alone with him if i do not gull him into a nay word and make him a common recreation do not think i have wit enough to lie straight in my bed i know i can do it and she's like i can copy olivia's handwriting and i'm gonna write him a letter and pretend it's from olivia and it's gonna be sneaky but we don't know too much about it yet we just know that they have a scheme and we'll find out at the end of the act what it is. But yeah, so anyway. It's just weird. It's just that she, okay, she wanted those drunkards to shut up. Yeah. And then Malvolia wanted the drunkards to shut up. So they should have been on the same side. She's like, I hate that guy. She should have teamed up with Malvolia. (laughs) They're like, he sucks. He told us to shut up. And it's like, no, you also want them to shut up. Why are you now joining the loud people that you were just annoyed at? Yeah, she spent pages going back and forth between toby and andrew and the clown just like making fun of them all and like telling them to be quiet and then suddenly mavolio says the same thing and she's like i'm gonna get that guy yeah i'll get revenge on him for you malvolio (laughs) yeah she starts talking shit about him she's like he's a puritan but he's a terrible puritan because he's an affectioned ass and he basically is just like so into himself and he thinks that he's so great and he wants to climb all over the place socially and he wants to <laughs> he wants to climb all over the place <laughs> like a spider <laughs> like a tarantula socially <laughs> that's it that's why yeah, he is a climber yeah but basically like he has he has these aspirations of being like in charge and being you know fancy and above his station but he's just a servant and he doesn't understand that he should stay down there but so also we hate him. to this point Like, by this point in the play, we have not seen any of that. We've just seen him, like, doing the best that he can while his mistress is in mourning. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone's like, this guy sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Justice for Malvolio, Yeah, seriously. So, okay, so... So she... No, but they do say at this point, she says, "Um, I can write just like Olivia. Toby says... Like, he has a line where he just explains to the audience exactly what's going to happen. He says, He shall think by the letters that thou wilt drop that they come from my niece and that she's in love with him. And Maria says, My purpose is indeed a horse of that color. Like, but that's exactly uh, it. So I don't know what she's talking that's about. It. That's, yeah. that's that exact horse right there. Uh, yeah. They also, to compliment Maria, they say, She's a beagle, true bred. They're not good at compliments. I know. And Toby, Sir Toby also says that she adores him. So maybe that's why she's being mean to Malvolio because she has a crush on Sir Toby. But then why was she like, shut up and get out of here? I don't know if she has a crush on Toby. Hmm. He says she does. Would anyone have a crush on Toby? Is he the kind of guy that would like inspire that kind of feeling? There's someone for everyone, Becca. (laughs) I don't 
Agree with that, Jackie. (laughs) There's a hot take. (laughs) I feel like, don't you ship Toby and Andrew, Becca? The two drunk buddies? No, 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 no. I don't. Mm. I do ship Antonio and Sebastian, though. (laughs) Okay. But Andrew and Toby, they don't deserve love. So sorry, but it's true. They're just annoying. They suck. (laughs) We, Becca, we love love in all its forms on this podcast. Sorry, you need to get on board. Okay. What is funny about this is that my my version does have a footnote for the word beagle. What? And I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what beagle means because clearly it, it must mean something. They're like, it means the same thing. It says small <laughs> rabbit hound. I'm like, yeah, I didn't yeah. need a footnote for that. I fucking know what a beagle is. It's a beagle. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. So the next scene, Orsino is hanging out with Viola slash Cesario. And he's like, Ooh, hoo, hoo. we need to get the jester to come here and sing me a song. So this is where Viola should have sang, but they were like, oh, that guy can't sing. Let's bring in a different actor. Yeah. So let's get the jester. Yeah. So then he's like, Viola, come on over here. Tell me, what do you think of this song? And she's like, yeah, it's pretty good. And then he starts doing this thing where he's like, you got a crush on anybody, little guy? You know, you seem a little <laughs> bit like you have a crush. What? Yeah. He says, what kind of woman do you have a crush on? And she's like, a woman of your complexion. And he's like, oh, then she's not good enough for you. And how old is she? And she's like, uh, she's exactly as old as you About are. About your age. And he's like, oh, too old for you. <laughs> oh my God. How old is he? I don't know. We don't know yet. I don't know. But he says, like, he says men should never date an older woman. Women should date older men. But men should not date older women. He's wrong. Yeah, that's what he says. He also then is like, yeah, here's the other thing is that, like, men, we're the ones who love. And women, if you just love a woman long and hard enough, she will change her mind and she'll be into you. Like, you can convince a woman to be in love with you. No problem. That's a terrible then, red and, flag. I know. And then Viola's like, I don't know, Why man. does she love him? I, that's what I want to know. She's like, I disagree. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I. you know, I'm pretty sure that um, I kind of know how women think. Mm-hmm. And I... I think that women can love just as strongly as men can. And he's like, no, trust me, they can't. Even better, actually. She's like, I think that they're more constant than men are. Yeah. So she says, yeah, she says, well, let's think about this. Like, Olivia said she doesn't want you. And he's like, yeah, but she doesn't know what she thinks. Like, she's just a woman. And he's like, yeah, Cesario says, Viola says, well, let's just say for experiment's sake, like, let's say that there was a woman who loved you. And you didn't love her, wouldn't you want to tell her that? And then he's like, uh, no, <laughs> no, no, I don't think, I don't think so. She, <laughs> he says, I can't, he says, I can't answer that. And she's like, well, you have to, like, she deserves an answer, right? And he's like, that, that doesn't even make sense as a question because women can't love as strongly as men can. So there's no woman who could possibly love me. As much as I love Olivia. Yeah. And Viola's like, you want to bet? Yeah. She she also mm. says, like, you know, my sister, she was really into a guy. And then he didn't love her. And she kept loving him anyway. And I think at this point, it's only been, like, two weeks max since she's known him. So I don't really buy her argument either. But he's like, your sister... And, you know, like, did she die because she didn't get the love back? And she's like, I'm the only daughter of my family. (laughs) He said she never told her love. She just pined away. Yeah, she said she never never said anything about her love. 
but she still loved him so much. And the Duke says, well, did she die? And he's like, I'm all the daughters of my father's house and all the brothers too. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to my sister. So does that answer your question? (laughs) (laughs) And she also- crazy answer. She also says like, by the way, you know, my sister, she, if she was here- she might be into you. Like, if she was in my position, she would probably really like you. And he's like, oh, tell me more. And he's like, or Viola's like, yeah, my sister, she's really good looking. And the Duke's like, huh, okay. <laughs> like, my maybe oh my dead God. sister would probably have a crush on the, you. <laughs> yeah, but then the Duke also sometimes says things to her like, you know, if you were a, if you were a woman, I'd like I it. bet <laughs> I would be into you, but it's too bad that you're a man. <laughs> So I think both of them are, they're talking some bullshit in terms of the constancy of their love. (laughs) They're talking some mega bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. They're a good match then (laughs) if they're both so silly. Yeah, they are. Except that she's (laughs) smarter than he is. Yeah, but like I don't understand what she sees in him because he's like shit talking women and he's talking about how he loves this other girl. He's giving her nothing. And then she's like, well... I am I am a bunch of genders all at one time. So what do you think of that? And he's like, "Go tell my lady that I love her again." Yeah, like he just doesn't acknowledge that at all. Yeah, he's they're both silly. Whatever. If that's what she's into, fine. But they're so, bros. Yeah. They're best bros. They're that's best why bros. she likes him. Maybe okay. Honestly, Jackie. I'm just thinking this. It's possible that the reason that she likes him is that even though he's an asshole, he's treating her like an equal. Like uh, she's another man. And so maybe that's just such a refreshing yeah, change. She's a man. I know, but it might Why be that, that that's such a refreshing well, change that she's into him. Well, the second he realizes you're not a man, don't you think his respect is going to go away? She doesn't know that yet. Since he literally just said women aren't as good as men and they can't love. Well, maybe she's like, I'm not like other girls. I'm a woman who can oh, feel no. love. <laughs> oh, no. she's an end log. Yeah. All right. So the final scene of this, we can really mostly breeze through it. Basically, we learn about the plot, like the plot against Malvolio, and it's that she wrote a letter from Olivia that was like... Maria. Maria wrote Yeah, Maria the wrote the letter from Olivia, and she says, oh, um, I really love it when you wear yellow stockings and you wear them in this particular style, and also I want you to be mean to all the servants, and whenever you're around me, I want you to smile all the time, and I want you to smile all the time and never stop smiling, and he's like, oh my gosh... I think she likes me and I'm going to do all these things. And then he leaves and Maria says, actually, Olivia hates yellow stockings and she hates that style. And she's going to think he's a nut because she's in mourning and he's going to be just grinning and grinning all the time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, that's that. It's pretty good. You've got Toby and Andrew um, hiding in a bush while he reads the letter out loud. And comments, And it yeah. says, <laughs> yeah, and he comments about it. And he says things like, ooh, you know what? If I got with Olivia, then I would be able to tell Sir Toby to stop drinking. <laughs> and Toby is in the bush and he's just like, fuck that yeah. guy. <laughs> I want to get out there and get him. And they're like, no, 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 stay, stay, stay. <laughs> he does yep. need to stop drinking. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you you can't give it away now, Toby. And he's like, I don't want to kill him. Also, Becca, (laughs) in the letter is the quote, some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. (laughs) That she wrote that in the letter? to be like, you should get Mm -hmm. with me, even though I'm your mistress. (laughs) Like, you weren't born great, but you can become great if you rise up from your station. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's so funny. He had a lot of quotes in this one. I know, he really did. Yeah, so with this, though, like, technically the letter doesn't say, hey, Malvolio, this is Olivia, I'm into you. It says, like, oh, I love someone, but I can't say who, and then she drops all these hints, like, it's... And I'm the, I'm his boss. <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's somebody who works for me, and it's somebody who could be great, but he doesn't realize he could be great, but I want him to start stepping up, and then he's like, oh it's my god, me. that could be me. Yeah. And so it ends with Maria and Toby and Andrew being like, let's go watch what happens to him when he does the stuff we told him to. <laughs> and uh, that's where we end it. So everything's all confused now. Classic Shakespeare. I'm kind of picturing a tarantula with yellow stockings on now. <laughs> I also was picturing a tarantula doing all of this stuff. Just like, ooh, I found a letter. <laughs> she likes me. Oh. <laughs> Don't you feel kind of bad for Malvolio? I feel really bad for him. I feel really bad for Malvolio. He's just a little tarantula. He doesn't know what he's getting into. They're just being mean to him for no reason. Imagine a tarantula wearing eight yellow stockings. That would be so cute. It would be cute. I feel bad for him. I feel like he hasn't done anything to deserve this level of... They're mean. They're a clique of mean girls and boys. They're bullying him. They're bullying him. Yeah, seriously. Like, I've never seen this play staged or anything, but think how, like... Uh, what great comedy that is like to say you have to smile all the time and so you've got this actor coming on with this like big fake smile that he just like won't let down for even a second it it would be great comedy good job Shakespeare yeah but but yeah. not for me I would feel bad <laughs> not for you but you know he would look funny he would look funny, yeah. Well, so that's the first half of Twelfth Night, and uh, we're going to cover the next half. The first six nights. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. We're going to cover the other six nights later on. What do we do now? Should we just be yeah, like, bye? Yeah, we should just be like, bye. Just like every character in the play. <laughs> <laughs> Sexual. <laughs> get it, Becca? Okay. Wait, bye. Wait, why do the... They're bisexual. Oh, oh my god wow but we're yeah. saying goodbye yeah, okay yeah, yeah. all right but they're bad buys yeah i guess they're not Most doing it very them. well okay well thanks for joining us i hope you enjoyed it jackie and i will give you a little bit of a, a preview of a treat which is that this week jackie and i will be interviewing the british writer francis harding i hope i'm saying her name properly i'll find out when i talk to it's her it's got an e on the end yeah Hard, Hardinga, Hardinga, Harding, Harding. I think it's Harding, but we'll Harding. find out together when we introduce her on the episode. <laughs> but I'm really excited. Yay. She is one of my very favorite, I guess I would say, children's writers writing today. Like, I like her books just as much. To me, she's honestly, like, almost on par with Diana Wynne-Jones. Like, that's, if that tells you anything, Rebecca. She's really up there. I don't know who that is. Is that the Magic Treehouse lady? Diana Wynne-Jones wrote Howl's Moving Castle and a bunch of other, like, children's book classics. And I really love Frances Harding's books as well. And I'm glad that she's, you know, alive. (laughs) I always thought Howl's Moving Castle was written by a Japanese person, but I guess it's just... Not. <laughs> nope. It was very, very, very loosely adapted into an animated film by a Japanese man. Yeah. Yep. The book is not as similar. I've read some Frances Harding, too, because Rachel bought me her book, Deep Light. It was about a toxic friendship. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely was. But, uh, yeah, Rachel was totally not trying to send me any messages with that at all. Um, but it was good. It was it's good. It's like when you gave me that voodoo doll that was a charm to prevent a friendship from turning into something more. <laughs> Look, I, I wasn't trying to use it against you, but it ended up working for sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. 
We, I can tell you right now, zero tension between me and Rachel ever. 100%. Nope. Yeah. Nope, yeah. nope, nope. And it's all thanks to that voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, I mean, I guess we can, yeah, tell tell the audience now, what did you think of Deep Light since you read it? Because you, you don't read yeah. that many books outside of what we cover on the pod. So this is kind of a rare experience. Well, I definitely don't, as an adult, read any um I wouldn't even know if, I, I guess it's children's, but it was like definitely like maybe middle grade, not like a kindergartner book or anything. Yes. I would say middle grade readers. I've seen them shelved with YA sometimes. Yeah, like early high school. But they're just extremely well written. Yeah, that was my impression of it is like, you know, it's the themes are fantastical, magical, interesting, very original, but the writing is on the level of just a very talented adult writer but happens to be writing for younger audiences so um very just very talented prose writer i think and also obviously really good at like dialogue and character development and world building she's great i mean she's easily you know like my top three children's writers who's alive (laughs) (laughs) and she's up there in terms of my favorite writers so i'm like quite excited i'm not nervous at all because i'm like not nice. thinking about it i don't know if i would be nervous but we'll see because you're not thinking about it well don't start thinking about it now <laughs> yeah but I, i'm really excited yeah i think it's gonna be a great conversation she's just obviously from her writing she's really smart and really imaginative and i i can't imagine that we wouldn't have a good conversation with her so look forward to that when we release it yeah Oh, I did want to tell you, I meant to tell you this earlier, but I forgot. Me and Darius were listening to the podcast, maybe was it yesterday? Which episode? It was the most recent episode. Pinocchio. Oh, the one you were on. Because I hadn't listened to it yet, and we were in the car. And so I was listening to it, and I realized as I was listening to it, like when someone's talking about something, and I would react to it, my reaction was exactly the same as it was in the podcast. (laughs) So at one point, I forget, someone said something Pinocchio was up to, or maybe it was, um, I don't know, something Pinocchio was, and I was said at one point, I was like, yikes. And that's exactly what I said in the car. (laughs) See, isn't it cool to know that like, oh, that's your genuine reaction. Like we're not scripted. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Every time I'm going to make the same reaction. You have a solid personality. That's why the time that Jackie like accidentally lost her vocal track and and she only had me and Theo talking. That's why she was able to recreate what she said. I pretty much did, yeah. Because like, she just had the same reaction. <laughs> obviously, we're never going to know if it was exactly the same, but it was, like, genuinely extremely close. I would just be like, oh, yeah, this is what I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, like, if I listen to old episodes that I don't remember so well anymore, I think, oh, this would be a funny joke to make. And then I make the joke, and I'm like, hot damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of us just don't change. Mm-hmm. I yeah, guess. still got and it. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, yeah. Thanks so much, guys. So, if you want to go check us out on social media, we're at Fire the Cannon Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. We have a Facebook page, which is Fire the Cannon Podcast, and we also have email, where Fire the Cannon Podcast at gmail Our website is Fire the Cannon Podcast As always, Cannon is spelled C A N O. And bye. Bye, sexuals. Bye. <laughs>